Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now you're about to see one of the great negotiations in NFL history. <laughs> right here. He's like, we need that ball. That's 600. What? Really? So what do you want? A million? No. Oh, no a this, day with this, Giselle. This a day with on. Giselle and I'm in. Tom? Okay, Tom will do it. No longer. One time. You got it. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. That's the Bear Podcast with actor-comedian Mike Pusateri. And we are going to break down all of the exciting moments of the Bears' hard-fought, nail-biting victory. Or, victory? Did they win? Loss to the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For those of you new to the podcast, you can sign up. You can subscribe to this podcast and have it jammed onto your phone for you. You don't even have to move. At uh, Go to decipio.com. And uh, click on the podcast button, and you can subscribe there. You can go to Decipio if you want to sign up for the newsletter, but really go to PointlessExercise.com and sign up for the Pointless Exercise newsletter. And, uh, Mike, how can people keep up with uh, all the ways you entertain us on a daily basis? Well, uh, you can go to the website, MikePusateri.com. Uh, the Instagram, I am Mike Pusateri, and the Twitters, at, at Mike Pusateri. All right, so uh, the Bears were the featured game on CBS mm. yesterday. 80% of America got to watch them win the toss, receive the ball, and within three minutes, trail 7 to nothing. And proceed to take a dump on national TV. I'm sure CBS thrilled with that decision <laughs> to take that game. Yeah, I, was trying, I don't remember what the other CBS – the late game was i think it was raiders eagles so that would have been hey. their choice of one or the other that also a blowout so although i guess yeah. the eagles the eagles made it look close at the end but the raiders basically kicked their ass for three hours too so you yeah. might as well have had the chicago market because we're all assholes we sit and watch the whole thing so no matter how That's... close it is or not you get you sell the same amount of budweiser that was a really painful. That was just a painful, painful watch, from start to finish. Right, even so, even even by bear standards, that yeah. was that was really something. Yeah. All right. So I made the case in the newsletter that I don't think teams should ever defer when they win a coin toss, and you disagreed at least in this instance. So why was that? I did. Well, um, I always like. I, first of all, I like to do what the best teams do. So, you know, that's something the Patriots have made a living at, right, for the past ten years. But in this case, you're playing Tampa. On the road, you just got the shit kicked out of you by the Packers the week before. You know, you would think maybe let's let your rookie quarterback settle in a little bit. We win the toss, kick it to Tampa. Maybe if we get a stop on Brady, okay, you know, maybe it's a different ball game. Probably isn't, but I just think you give yourself a little bit better chance. And if you find yourself, you know, needing the ball to begin the second half because you're down by 6,000 points, at least you get to have the ball in the second half. 
That's my argument. Well, the thinking, at least for smart teams, unlike the Bears, is if you play a team like Tampa, if you give them the ball first, you're going to be chasing them the entire game. At least if you take the ball, if you could somehow put together a drive, and given that the Bears, typically the only good drive they have is the first drive of the game, the one where they've scripted all the plays. I think the feeling was, get some points, and then maybe we can hang with the Bucks. So I, have, I didn't have a problem with them taking the ball. I had a problem yeah. with them not not blocking anybody on second down so that Justin Fields basically had his spine realigned by, I don't even know who did it on that play. I think it was uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. But Well, that was the bigger problem, yeah. But that goes to the first point. That, I mean, when you're, when you're picking your offensive linemen at the local Costco and throwing them on the field, uh, you, you know, what are we uh, what are we trying to accomplish here with this team? So, and by the way, how, how does that speak? Does that speak to the ridiculous lack of depth that Ryan Pace has assembled? Well, okay, so Elijah Wilkinson tested positive <laughs> for COVID literally like minutes before the game because right. in his post game, Justin Fields said that he saw Elijah right before he left for when he got on the bus to go to the stadium. He, Justin was on the first bus. Elijah was watching film with the with Juan Castillo, the Bears offensive line coach, getting ready for the start. That was like two hours before game time. He was still getting ready. And sometime between then and kickoff, they said, oh, uh, by the way, Elijah tested positive for COVID, so he can't play. Right. So that put them on left tackle number five, Lachavius <laughs> Simmons. Yeah. And so – Nobody has depth to go to five tackles, even competent teams, but especially not the Bears, who are not competent. What didn't make any sense to me, though, was people are like, well, once they go to Lechavius Simmons, they're going to have to change your blocking so that you're helping out. It's like they should have been helping out with Elijah Wilkinson. He also sucks. In yes, fact, of that should have been a big deal at all. It's like, all right, we already had to have extra bodies on the left, on the right <laughs> side anyway. It doesn't matter right. where the stiff is that we line up. They're just be big and get in the way for a, two seconds. That's all we're asking. Yeah. And yeah, they, weren't, they yeah. weren't up to that. No. I mean, at this point, why, the Bears should just keep nine guys in protection <laughs> if one guy tried to get open and fields. The Bucks That's had it. a fourth and one where they did have nine linemen. They had nine linemen, Brady, and a running back. Yeah. That should be the Bears' it's, offense every play. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You know, it was the lessons learned – after the Browns game, all seemed to have been completely forgotten. They they came out and they ran the same shit again. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, last time we played a really good defense, we did all this stuff, and we almost got Justin Fields killed, and we gained one yard. Let's do it again. Yeah. Even though in between, they had two wins and a fairly a pedestrian but not disastrous offensive performance against the Packers. Right. And then they went right back to the old shit. As soon as they started going shotgun – they're fucked because they're not good at it. It's the weakest part of Justin Fields game. Yep. And they just, it's, and it's like that idea that, well, it's easier to pass protect if you're in the shotgun. No, it's not. No, it doesn't get your receivers down the field any faster. Your quarterback doesn't drop back at the same rate because he's already standing five yards back when he gets the ball or I don't know if it's actually five yards. I didn't make any sense. 
It's just all no. the shit they, they can't do. They were doing again. And this time it was a weird hybrid because they, the passing plays were this were these ridiculous um, shotgun plays. But they, they did manage to run the ball well. Khalil Herbert's the first running back to run yeah. for 100 yards against the uh, Bucks, And there were teams that ran. Somebody ran for like 49 yards against them as a team. Yeah. So they did that okay. But there was nothing else. It was... Yeah. Whenever you see Fields standing back there in the shotgun with only five linemen, you you, you just know this is a problem. Yep. Every every team in the NFL, save for one, the one that plays in Chicago, knows that that's a problem. The only way a play like that is going to work is if it's a screen, and we know the Bears don't run screen plays. So. No, not not until the game is well out of hand. If then, do they do they deign to do that? Yeah, it just. I mean, that is a remarkable thing, though. Khalil Herbert has a 100-yard game, and the Bears somehow lose 38-3. to Yeah. And we're never in it. They were down 21 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, it was over. When they got to 14, it was over. Somebody, some football guy even tweeted, I don't know the Bears could score 14 points today. It's like, yeah, they can't. They've lost already. Today? (laughs) How many weeks is it going to take them to score 14 points? Aren't they averaging? They're averaging that, aren't they? They're 14.4 points a game, I think. Yeah, terrific. Which is that's, that that's not good. If this if it was nineteen twenty eight, that'd be fantastic. That'd be awesome. They'd be the talk. <laughs> they would be the talk of the NFL. Right, right. Uh, but uh, two thousand and twenty one. Yeah, that's what a good team. Uh, that's what an average team scores by halftime. Right. That's the Bears' yeah. total output. And and the sad thing about it, well, so many sad things about it, but you know, inevitably, look, Justin Fields did not have a great game. But all of the, well, he's not ready. He's not ready because, as you pointed out, they they haven't been working. He's only started getting snaps a few weeks ago, really. And, and, and not only that, the reason it's not working is because of his head coach and his general manager who surrounded him with a lot of problems, quite frankly. So how you can blame they, they him. Gave, they gave him Lachavius <laughs> Simmons. What more? Can you ask for? No, well, you know what? I guess I'm being greedy. And I mean, next week we could very well he could very well get Arlington Hambright. <laughs> and, shit the 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 amount of superstar offensive line talent. Yeah. Uh, so a guy who used to be on this podcast, uh, whose internet worked like eight percent of the time, Kyle Morris, was tweeting out about Jason Peters and how for a guy they basically dragged off of a bass boat mm-hmm. he's one of their better players so mm-hmm. i went through and tried to figure out where he ranks and i honestly think he's the third best player on their offense he's 39 years old he's not in shape and right. i think he's the third best player they have that's a problem i mean even if yeah, i'm I... off by three spots if he's the sixth best player that's right. a whole, that's a problem right right david montgomery didn't play right. obviously he's the best player I took fields Whoever their tailback is, yeah. And then I was like, I can't give, I can't give it to Mooney, I can't give it to Allen Robinson, can't give it to Cole Komet. He's the, he's clearly he's their best offensive lineman. I don't know if there's oh yeah, about that. Yeah. So I have him coming in third. Good. Yeah, goal. I think that's fair. I think that's fair, and that's not good. There is such a lack of weapons on this team, and also the weapons that they do have. You know, I'm sure we're going to get into it. Cole Komet dropping that that pass. That's the type of thing. I mean, you look you look back and you go, it was 30, 38 to 3. It was non-competitive. It was a blowout. And it was. That's all true. But a play like that, if he catches that ball, gets the first down, keeps the drive moving, 
you know, Fields builds a little bit of confidence. The offense is starting to feel good. You don't know what's going to happen. Football is that type of game where one of these plays, and then Mooney does the same thing later on, a play like that, if it's not made, it can really snowball in the wrong direction. When, when Al Pacino was coaching the Miami Sharks, he <laughs> talked about the inches, the inches you need are everywhere. Yeah. And on that, on, on that team, they fight for that inch. On the Bears, they – oh, look, there's some inches laying around. Somebody else pick those up. I yeah. really don't want to do it. Yeah, we don't need no inches. Yeah. So, Nate Tice uh, broke down uh, the six – The Fields had three interceptions and three fumbles. Not great. Not great. Interception number one is famous now. Again. Yeah. Because it was – he's – and he's on the shotgun, of course, and but they're lined up early enough that they haven't they shut your headset off with ten seconds to go, right? So it's still on, and so um, Bill Lazor is yelling to him, "Snap the ball!" Because the Bucks have twelve men on the field, so they get the ball snapped. But by the time they got the ball snapped, the player had gotten off, so there was no penalty. Well, that's only part A of the problem. That's actually not a problem. That's just you trying. There's a guy trying out the field. You're trying to snap the ball. You yeah. still have a play you can run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they, uh, we talked about how last week Allen Robinson doesn't seem to understand what scramble rules are. This time, he, he may have been running the right place. He fell down. Yeah. So Fields throws the ball. Thinking, That's a free play. We either hit a big one or we're just going to get five yards and the next play, it gets intercepted. Right. Second interception. Ball goes right off of Darnell Mooney's hands. Would have been a first down. Instead of yeah. interception. Third yeah. interception, terrible pass. It was right. second half. Fields is like, ah, fuck it. I think I can wing this one. Well, that was the, actually, that was the one where um, at Robinson got, Robinson beat the guy and Fields mm-hmm. throw was way short to the point where some people are like, maybe it was supposed to be a back shoulder. Like, no, at least it's just a bad throw. On the fumbles, the, the first two were stripped. He was being sacked both times. The, the, uh, on an, an average play in the NFL, a quarterback has a little over three seconds to go. Good with a good protection, you can get you can get over four. Both of the times, Fields got the ball stripped, less than two seconds. <laughs> yeah. They even showed on one of them that he Fields moved the protection so that because he knew where the blitzer was coming from, and uh, good old Lachavius was supposed to, Lachavius basically could have, it was Jason Pierre-Paul, Fields signals, he moves the protection, he knows that Paul is coming off the edge, mm-hmm. and that there's they have an extra lineman over there, so he moves protection to account for that guy, All and it's going to be a quick pass, all Simmons has to do is just get in the way. They didn't have to really block him. Didn't touch him. No. He's just all over, I'm sure Fields looked at that and said, okay, I'm going to get this pass, but I don't have to worry about Jason Pierre-Paul on this play, I just set up the protection to eliminate him. Right. And before he can take a deep breath, he's being bludgeoned by Killed. a guy right. with two fingers on one hand because he enjoys fireworks a little too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know, the kind th- of stuff where people can go, well, Fields isn't ready. What the f- Andy Dalton would have done the same thing. Of course. Fields did the right thing, and Andy would have gotten obliterated just as much. So right. I, it's, it's going to fall on deaf ears. Anybody who's like, you know, the... 
some of them couch it. Like Greg Gabriel, he couched it in. Oh, you don't want to ruin the kid's confidence. <clears throat> you're not gonna. Have, you're not gonna do that. First like, of all, yeah. Well, so after the game, <clears throat> Fields is. Fields typically, you know, he's he has the quarterbacks have to talk to the media after every game. Typically, he goes in, um, gets cleaned up, takes a shower, puts puts some puts whatever he's gonna wear home on. Yesterday, like less than five minutes after the game, he's standing at the podium in full uniform. Mm-hmm. He's basically all right. Let's talk about this. What do you, what yeah. do you guys need to know about us getting our ass kicked? Because he's twenty one years old. And he at least has enough sense to know, I'm the I'm the, I'm the leader of this football team. We just got our ass kicked, and I'm going to go stand there and take all the questions. You got to love that. Absolutely got to love that. Right. Meanwhile, Khalil Mack is doing the thing he always does, where he's he's hiding in the laundry cart and they're throwing towels over him so he can be whisked out to the bus without ever talking to. When's the last time you heard Khalil Mack talk out loud, ever? Yeah. Highest paid yeah. player on the team and can't be troubled to talk. Al, we right. never hear from Allen Robinson. I know we no. used to hear, we used to hear from Allen Robinson because Lance Briggs and Alex Brown used to make fun of the fact that Allen would be standing at the podium with like a like a shirt on, like he mm-hmm. but he'd still have eye black on, <laughs> and they'd be like, "What kind of shower is Allen taking?" Where he doesn't he can't get the eye black off. They're like, "Is he right. literally just changing into his clothes without a shower?" <laughs> but we haven't heard from him. No. You hear from Justin Fields and Roquan. Right. And then usually somebody they pick. So it's, the last two weeks it's been Khalil Herbert. That's it. Right. Right. So you've, got, you've got two rookies and your third-year linebacker and nobody else. Yeah. That that's, seems well, like that's that, a problem. That speaks volumes. And and, and not only um, it's to, to Fields' credit, obviously – but not only that, you know, during the game, when when all these things you just pointed out, the, you know, the pass protection getting, you know, obliterated, guys dropping first down passes, the you know, the thing is, think there's 12 men on the field. You know, a lot of quarterbacks, rookie or not, you would see them visibly pissed on the sidelines. You would see them losing their shit. And he's just like, he's just like, all right, next play. You know, he's just got that demeanor. Like, next play. He's not rattled by it. He's not. He's not, um, you know, he's not, t- he's not doing anything you don't want him to do. He looks poised. He looks ready to go. He's like, all right, next play. It's, it's fun. That's so, what you want. That's what you want. One of the teams that Brady flirted with, I don't think he was serious. It was never serious about it, but was the Bears. Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> if he had, if oh. he had signed with the Bears? How they would have ruined him. Well, they wouldn't have ruined him. He'd well. be running the fucking team. Right now. Well, that's true. That's true. Because he would have, like, in the first game, he would have gone over to the sidelines, and he would have torn the play sheet out of Nagy's hands. Yeah. And probably carried it back onto the field with him. <laughs> like, fine. Here, I'll just carry this around, and we'll, I'll call the plays. He, yeah. I guarantee you he would have he gotten Nagy and Pace both fired. Because he's Tom yeah. Brady. He could do it. And he would have gone to George and said, these guys are morons. No. Right. They've got to go. Right. But, but they collaborate. Shut up, yeah. George. Yeah. Fire. Okay, you're fired, too. You can't fire me. <laughs> I just, I just fired you. You're I the just quarterback. Did. You can't fire anybody. I just fired all of you. I just talked to your boss, Aaron Rodgers. I just talked to Aaron Rodgers. He said he's, he gave the okay. <laughs> yeah, you're fired, George. We're having an owner's meeting. <laughs> you're not invited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so speaking of which, so Matt Nagy test positive today. 
was this just a clever move by him not to get fired? I don't. I'd like to think so, but I don't think he's clever enough. Yeah. 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 The now, timing was interesting. The worst loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like. I feel like the this was the worst loss, like thirty-eight to three. This was the worst loss points-wise in his right. tenure. I feel like the Browns game was worse because yeah. they that was they were so like they were so overwhelmed. Like at least out of this game, you could pick a few things out. You had the hundred-yard game from Herbert. He had the defense only gave him three points after um, after halftime. At least showing a little bit of pride. Whatever. Um, but in that Browns game, nothing. It was, mm-hmm. it was disaster. Now, the fact that you've had two of these in the first six weeks of the season or seven weeks of the season, that's not good. No, it, it would if just you're go... sitting here going, which loss was worse? Which <laughs> loss was more humiliating? After seven weeks, you've got an issue. That's not the conversation you want to be having, generally. Um. So what are they going to do? We talked last week about are they going to fire the are they going to are they going to make a change in season? I think that they I, I don't think they can I, I know you don't you think they wait till the end of the year, which is what their history is. I don't see how they can withstand this. If this if this continues for another couple of weeks, how can they possibly well, withstand? Yeah, you bring up a good point because early in the when we looked at the schedule before the season, this they were in, this was the middle of the gaunt. This yeah, was, this was it. Holy this shit, it. you got the Packers. Then you've got the Bucks. Then yep. you've got the Niners. Then you've got the Steelers. Well, the Niners aren't good. Right. And the Steelers aren't good. So if you lose them both, then yeah, I don't know how you can't, I don't know how you don't. Then you, what, you have to fire somebody then. You have to. You have to. I just yeah. don't, but I don't think they'll lose them both. I think they'll win one of these two games. And they'll, they'll be like, hey, look, we're almost 500. How bad could things really be? Well, then they get the Ravens after the Steelers, don't they? Yeah, I think they have a bye, right? I think they have a bye. Okay. The timing so that, of that, if that's right, I think that's right. The timing of that helps them because the bye would be the week to fire them. Yes. That's the perfect time to make a change. So if right. if they lose to the Niners, which they can, obviously, they could lose to either both teams. Yeah. They shouldn't lose to either of them. Um, if you lose them both, then I think they can spend bye week packing their stuff into boxes. Yeah, I, I don't see any scenario then we're back where to the who gets to pretend they're the head coach for the rest of the season. And I think right. we decided it's probably Mike Pettin. He gets to pretend he's the coach. That'll work. That'll work. He's pretended he was a so, coach before with the Browns. I think he won like seven games with them, which nobody had done for a decade. So let me ask you this: the trade deadline is coming up, right? I think yeah. it's it's too is soon it a week for my taste. It, it, yeah, it's like it's only like a week away, isn't it? Something like that. November second, so it's next. It's next week. Next week, okay. So Tuesday, do the do the, the the Bears obviously are not going anywhere this year. We I think we all know that. What? Um, <laughs> other than the Super Bowl. Other than is that the going Super, nowhere? The Super Bowl, Bowl my friends. <laughs> do the Bears, and and here's the problem because the guy doing this would be you know Ryan Pace. Yeah. Do they start try start doing a Cubs thing? Start trying to get rid of some of their veteran players? Well. So my initial thought was, ooh, during the game, watching Khalil Herbert, I was like, yeah. when's the trade deadline? Maybe David Montgomery can get back and trade him. Because I like David Montgomery, but yeah. he's a running back on a team that doesn't really like to run the ball. And it's proven that Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert can run the ball just as well as him. He should have some value. He's a good player. 
Very good player. Yeah. Right. He's not going to be back. Talk. So there's no way right. you can trade him. Nobody's going to trade for a guy limping around on a bad knee. He also has a he has another year left. So the time to trade him would be next. The new well, GM can trade him. May I correct you? Jed Hoyer would trade for a guy with a bad knee. That's true. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> yeah. Dave Wanstead, he would draft him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. But yeah. All right. That's true about Montgomery. Yeah, right. Montgomery. He's selling his. He's the Pete Crow Armstrong. <laughs> right. The PCA. Right. Um. But then somebody else brought up like, why wouldn't you trade Allen Robinson? Mm-hmm. You're not using him. Why wouldn't you trade him? Uh, why wouldn't you trade? Well, I wouldn't trade any offensive linemen because a they're not <laughs> good. But b you don't have any, you don't have any anyway. You no. can't trade any of them. You need no, bodies. You right. Um. I, like if Akeem Hicks was healthy, that's a guy you trade. That's a guy you, you with a lot of value. Right, but his groin is in places where the groins aren't supposed to be. So you're right. not able to trade him either. The other <laughs> thing is, if you think you, it's it's shocking when football players get traded. It's never for what you think it's going to be. Like really right. good players get traded for fourth round draft picks. Mm-hmm. In season, you really don't get traded for anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I guess on one hand, Ryan Pace has no draft picks. So anything he would get would be more than they have now. Mm-hmm. But I just don't – I have a feeling they don't do – and my fear is he's going to try – he's going to add. Well, he already it, threw away a draft pick on Jakeem Grant for no apparent reason. Well, and this goes back to – we've been talking about this for years now. That's because, you know, it's in Pace's interest to keep his job. So – he he's not you know he's not Jed Hoyer over with, with the Cubs in the first year of a five year deal. He's we don't even know what his deal is. We assume it's he's got maybe another year Ryan Pace, but I don't think we really know. Nobody but knows, in any, nobody knows what he's got or what Nate, which yeah, is amazing. It's incredible yeah. that that's possible. But he's not he is not long for trying to build this thing up again. He's got to win now. He's got to do everything he can to try to win now. So how is that? Yeah, because this is year seven, right for him. Yeah. Yeah. It has not been a glorious seven years, I think we can say. Hey, he had a win- they've had a winning season. <laughs> yeah. One. One winning season in the seven years he's been in charge. You know, give him another seven years, though. He, he could probably double that. Two playoff games. Uh-huh. No wins. Right. So this is how they tie, that, this is how they tied their hands out at the beginning of the year by not making the change, by not saying, as you said, you guys, hey, you got Justin Fields, great, excellent move, thank you. Both both you guys pack your shit and get out of here. Now we have to, you know, start behaving like a professional football organization. They didn't do that, and so now who's overseeing the future of this team? Because the president, the present of this team, is not doing anything. All you're trying to do now, really, all all you're trying to, all you should be trying to do, is develop Justin Fields as best you can. Yeah, I mean they have. As if I don't know why they need this shit, but if they need, if they need a way to gently brush Ted Phillips aside, they have it. Yes, they do. He he's in charge of Arlington Heights. Yep. You're he's the president of football operations. Ted, we need you to focus on this 100. percent we're going to bring in a guy to run the football side. You're going to run yeah. the business side and the new stadium. It's going to keep you plenty busy. We're going to bring in a football guy. Right. Like whatever we, we, whatever Crane Kenny has on the Ricketts family, Ted has on the McCaskies. Fine. We'll give you the exact same treatment then. Crane got mm-hmm. to fuck around with the stadium and his little failed TV network. Ted yeah. gets to fuck around with 
uh, turning right, a race right. course into a football stadium. That's fine. right. Right. The fact that he's that the Ted Phillips is still ahead of football operations is maddening anyway in the standing. No, it just shows they're not. They, That's ridiculous. They're not. They don't run it like a professional anything. Not like a, no. they're not just not run like a professional football team. They're not run like a professional business. It's a mom and pop shop. Yeah. That is in charge of a of a three billion dollar company. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's terrific. I don't know how it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, the Packers are owned by like 5,000 inbred hicks in Wisconsin. <laughs> and they run more. Oh, that's right, because they're actually not. No. Well, I honestly yeah, don't know I, why. Why don't the Bears do that? Sell shares. Why don't they the, go the pretend public? public and sell shares? It, the, people will buy them. Oh, God. You get oh, yeah. Have another boost of money. I'm surprised they haven't done it. Yeah. They have no problem selling it out. People would make a bunch of people like us would make fun oh. of it, and other rubes would be lined up. Absolutely. You wouldn't be able to go into anybody's basement and not see their stupid ownership certificate. Guess who owns the Bears? Yeah. Look behind you. Yeah. There's my certificate. Oh, good. Did you what? Uh, what, did it pay, <laughs> what did it pay off when they made the playoffs this year? Oh, nothing. nothing. <laughs> uh, did you go to the shareholder meeting where you could talk about firing the coach? Oh, you don't get to go to shareholders meeting because you don't actually own shares. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there. So so what so what what do what, you know? What is their move at this point? If well, you, you know what what is their move? I mean, I don't know. I assume Nagy's vaccinated. Uh, yeah, I would assume so. So it's it's likely unless he actually got a breakthrough case, he's going to coach on Sunday. But if he doesn't. Well, if it turns out that he's actually that he did get a case, right? Then they're going to get to try this. They're going to—it's his worst nightmare. They're going to have a hey, what's it like with an interim coach? We get to we get to try it out and see how we like it. So that's interesting. So what if they and if they win with an interim coach, and then Nagy comes back and loses to the Steelers the next week? Not now what? You know, Nagy needs he has to. to uh, two negative tests within, I believe, 48 hours in order to be let back in the building. So they should just not deny him access to any COVID tests until after the season. Is oh, we, Coach, we can't find any tests. <laughs> We're going to get some next week. They're back next week. Yes. Supply chain issues. Right. Sorry. They're, you know, they're on a boat in the Pacific right off of Long Beach. They're coming. But, yeah, that's what the, that's. You're right. He will probably end up coaching the yeah, game. It's what we need so him we, to do. We needed him to test positive Sunday like morning. Friday, yeah, like Friday. Sunday morning is fine. Yeah. And then they'd be like, uh, Nick Foles is going to coach. <laughs> okay. Probably, probably work. I'd be fine. I'd be okay with that. I'd rather have him coaching than quarterbacking. Um, I realize that because I, I watch football one of two ways until we get to the playoffs. Either I watch the Bears live or mm-hmm. I watch Red Zone. Mm. That's pretty much how I watch it. Although I guess like tonight I'll watch the Manning Jamboree. And, Manning um, But what I realize is I don't listen to Jim Nance and Tony Romo hardly at all unless they're doing a Bear game, which they don't do very often. Right. And 
Tony Romo's just fucking weird. He was he was had some moments yesterday. And I don't know if he? it was just because it's a blowout. He didn't quite know how to. He needs like the energy of a close game and be invested enough to be trying to predict plays and stuff. But he was just all over the place on weird shit. Yeah. They had the weird thing where he clearly wanted um, Brady to offer to have Giselle screw the guy who got his 600th touchdown football and get it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also was wrong about a couple of things that I thought were, you know, I thought I thought were settled. Mm-hmm. One was the um, he's like, well, we know how great Fields is at a shotgun. He's like, no, we don't. Mm-mm. We don't. That's one thing we learned from them. All those stories about him at Ohio State was he was great in play action. Right. So they just put him under center as much as possible. They ran the same offense, but they weren't going out of the shotgun. And he was basically, he was basically defending them being in shotgun because of that. It's like, well, no, that's not right. 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 <laughs> but the other thing was... Um, He's like, well, you know, Matt Nagy knows the value of sitting a quarterback because he was at Kansas City when they sat Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And so it gets into the whole thing about um, it's a completely different situation. Chiefs had, a, Chiefs had an established playoff team. Alex Smith was coming off one of his best seasons. He had another good season as their quarterback. He was more li- he was more limited throwing than what Andy Reid was comfortable with, which is why they wanted to eventually move to Mahomes. And then the other thing that Mahomes talks about pretty openly is he said he goes, I wasn't ready to play week one. Right. But too much about the NFL was different than what we did at Texas Tech. Right. We never got in a huddle. We did an audible. I didn't call out protections. Um I didn't take snaps from the center. But Mahomes is like, but by like week six if they needed me to start a game, I could have. I was ready. Right. And that has caused people to look back on it with a little revisionist because, he, because you know, obviously he was so amazing his first full year as a starter and an MVP in his second year. You could make a case that the Chiefs actually cost themselves a chance at the Super Bowl by not playing him that first year. Mm-hmm. So he right. shouldn't be this example of the quarterback who sat and was good because he sat. Right. Because all evidence now is to the contrary of that. That yes, it's a probably a good thing they didn't throw him to the Wolves week one. But at some point at midseason, they probably should have said, yeah, Alex is having a good year, but he's not this guy. We're yeah, right. Go with, we're going with this guy. So this idea that you could just go back and um, tuck Justin back into bed over on the sidelines during games, and he's going to get any better, is bullshit. The only way yeah. he gets better now is to actually play. Right. They have to be smart enough about it to, A, run an offense that the other guys on the team can actually handle. Because mm-hmm. uh, we know that they can't just line up. They can't go four wides. They can't do that stuff because they can't block anybody. And then none right. of the plays will work. Right. Um, we'd also like to see them phase in concepts during the season so that he's building on things he's learned week to week to week. Right. Um, and the other thing is they need to be able to literally protect him. Yeah. Not in the he doesn't get sacked idea, but the he doesn't. They're late in the game yesterday. Vita Vea just f- jumped on him. Fields was on the ground with his arm in the air. Vita Vea jumped on his arm, his right arm, and Fields yeah. did this weird thing where he like pulled uh. his arm back. And I, honestly, it looked like he had broken his arm. Yeah. And then he didn't throw a pass for like the next three snaps. And I'm like, holy shit, is he actually hurt? And then he turned out he was fine. 
but we have a moment like that every week because of the right. way that they their disregard for his health and safety. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, there's there's nobody. What what coach is assigned to developing Justin Fields on the Bears? Well, they've got like four quarterback coaches, but apparently none of them. None so of them. It's Bill Lazor and it's John D. Filippo and it's yeah. Matt Nagy and it's whoever else. And it's funny because they said the one guy they had that that people think was worth a shit was Dave Ragone, mm-hmm. who went to be the offensive coordinator for Arthur Smith with the Falcons. So he's gone. Yeah. That's why it didn't make any sense when we've talked about it. We'll probably we'll talk about it ad nauseum. When they lucked into Fields, that was the time to go. All right, sorry, congratulations, you did a great job. You got us a young quarterback, but you fuckers cannot develop him, so you're all fired. Yeah, good. Bye, guys. But obviously, no. they should have fired them. Different. We we did a whole podcast after the the Three Stooges press conference. Four Stooges. Yeah. Yeah. Just talk about how ridiculous it was that they didn't fire anybody. Right. So it's that not like thing. this was new. They shouldn't they shouldn't have been in position to run the draft and they shouldn't be in position to run the team after the draft. And and now and now they shouldn't be in the position to run the team here midway through the season when you're sort of we're at sort of at a crossroads. Because on the one hand like you're saying, you know, you probably aren't going to get a lot in return for any of your veterans, but Something might be better than nothing because they've squandered all their draft picks. They got nothing left. And this team isn't going anywhere. But Pace's motivation is not to build for a team that's great even two years from now. He's not going to be around. His motivation is to try to somehow cobble this thing together and sneak squeak into the playoffs this year. Yeah. That's what he you know, that's what he's thinking. To your point, he may be looking to add at the trade deadline. I think they think if they're like in the, if they can stick on the in the hunt graphics, right? Until say week, well, there's 18 weeks this year. If they can be on the in the hunt graphics on week 15, they're gonna feel like they're safe because they're gonna go to George and be like, look, we had we developed a rookie quarterback. We had all these injuries. We had COVID. Our whole team got COVID. Right. Um, right. It's another problem. Yeah. And we still almost made the playoffs. We were in the hunt, and they'll probably have a screen cap. It'll be like on. It'll be like Jerry taking a picture of the ticker last night on. Succession. Yeah. It's gets great when you've been put in charge of a multi billion dollar multimedia and the only way you know how to get a screen grab is to hold your iPhone up to the TV. <laughs> that's, that's that's my technique, by yeah. the way. That's the only way I figured out how to yeah. do it. Well, I do it yeah. when I'm tweeting only because I'm like it's fucking Twitter, it's free. This is what you get. You get a yeah, picture no of my TV. <laughs> um, right. They're gonna have a picture that Ryan Pace took of like you know, the Fox in the hunt graphic. Yeah. Look, George, we're in the hunt. Fox we're says the hunt. we're in the hunt. Right. We're in the so hunt. Where's the contract extension? <laughs> You're going to sign us through 2030? Yeah. We're hot commodities. But here's the thing. They're going to be in the hunt between now and the trade deadline because it's it's November 2nd. Yes, yeah, it's coming right from up. tomorrow. So if you're Ryan Pace, how are you operating? You're not thinking about trading any anybody. You're thinking about adding, aren't you? I mean, we're trying to dissect what he's thinking. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is very few players get traded in the NFL. That's trade right. Although, wouldn't it be the perfect bear thing if they trade for Deshaun Watson? <laughs> we got him. We did it. Oh, man. We traded Justin Fields and Andy Dalton and their next nine drafts for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> and he's been, he's been put on, what's commissioner what list? Yeah, right. Uh, well, we still have Nick Foles. Yeah. We were smart enough to keep him and Tyler Bray. See. We're, we're still developing. 
that's quite a quarterback room. Yeah, so I, I, if you're if a competent organization, the ownership has got to be would be chiming in right now. I mean, we haven't heard anything from the McCaskies. We never do. No, we never do. We hear from George once a year. Yeah, we never do. But this is the point where the ownership group has got to say, okay, here's what you're going to do, Ryan. You're going to add or you're going to subtract whatever you're going to do. Go do it. But is he is he got? Do, do we have any sense? That he is guiding pace at all? Is he, is he giving pace any kind of marching orders? Any kind of here's the plan that we want you to, you know, you figure out how to execute the plan. But the plan is this. Do we have any sense? Do we have any hope? You know, and so probably a bad word because we don't want. Do we want that? But no, no, we want them to just leave the fucking leave your fucking roster alone. Don't touch yeah. it. Just leave it okay. alone. That's probably the, that's next, probably right. the next guy is going to clean this shit up. You yeah. just don't break anything between now and then. Yeah. I'm really, honestly, one thing I'm surprised about with George, because he seems like such a, like he's, he just seems like he's a fan whose yeah. mom just happens to own a football team. He does. He seems like a nice I'm guy. I'm shocked he doesn't have like a, like on sa- on Sundays, he's not, he's not like watching games with Dan Hampton and Ed O'Bradovich and just taking <laughs> in their wisdom as gospel. Well, yeah, we should do that. You think? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. OB, what do you think? Should we, should fire everybody? And get right. and sign Rudy Bukic. All right, good. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be better, but it wouldn't be worse. Wouldn't That's be worse. Sad be, things are. Be more entertaining. Yeah, it's like Glenn Kozlowski coming over for brunch to break down the <laughs> roster. Would be right. awesome. <laughs> so our buddy, our podcast, uh, our movie deep dive podcast co-host Dave Kaplan had a stat. Oh, that's you can check out the draft day uh, podcast. Um, <laughs> since Matt Nagy took over, the Bears lead the league in players ejected from games. They're second, right? Isn't is, aren't they second? Oh, in that Arizona, league? Arizona. Okay, I bet it's Arizona. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Second, they're second. Yeah, but that's they said, not a, said that's nobody's not a list. like close to those two stooges. Yeah, that's not a list you want to lead. I haven't seen the list, but where are the Patriots? I'm guessing they're at the bottom of that yeah, list. Are, the are they not? Yeah. Yeah. Just, and you never hear, like, Nagy's clearly a very political guy. Right. Not political in the Republican-Democratic sense. Political in the, I need to keep my base of support. If I can yes. hang on to that, I can keep my job. Maybe his because greatest achievement, by the way. At some point, yeah. given how you know he started twelve and four in his career, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is now below five hundred in the three years, three plus years since then, almost three and a half. At some point, shouldn't a football coach have lost his shit during a game, after a game, at some point, and just vent? like Brett Bielema has been at Illinois for six weeks. And he basically last week said, Lovey gave me a pile of shit. None of these guys can play. The only reason they're still here is because they all got their scholarships renewed because of COVID. And we have to deal with that. And then they went a nine overtime game against Penn State. (laughs) How has Nagy never done that? How can he get to the podium and not be like, look, we're still making the same stupid fucking mistakes we've been making forever. And Mm -hmm. at some point, it's not all on me because – they're the guys running around on the field. 
is that this is not electronic football. I don't stuff a wad of cotton under one guy's arm before I hit the buzzer and make the little field shake. These fuckers have to do some of this shit. He never does that. Well, the reason he never does it is also the reason he doesn't call out Bilal Nichols for being stupid and punching a buck in a face mask. It's yeah. the same reason he didn't he didn't really criticize Javon Wims for punching Chauncey Gardner or whatever. He needs them. He has to be their pal. So they don't ri- they don't they don't basically overthrow him. And it right. worked. Right. What's well, what's his message this week? Where we came we're so close. We've become such a close knit yeah. group over these last that's he does the opposite. And nobody knew what the fuck he was talking about. Like, no, what oh, is that 24, mean? 48 hours we've been everybody's like, what are you ta- what? What is why, the why incident you... that you had to yeah. overcome? Losing by thirty five points, you brought you guys all together? So I don't know. I'm just so t- I'm just so tired of it. It's like just But the whole city is tired of them. And and, and uh, who's I mean the only people aren't tired of them are, are the McCaskey family and, and Ryan Pace. Is that it? I mean, it, it, it all boils down to the fact that they hired him because they were going to, he was going to modernize the offense. They were <laughs> finally going to run. They were going to run the, the state of the art Kansas yeah. city chiefs, the stuff that fans get excited about scores points, wins games. This is going to be great. And he can't do it because he doesn't know how. And he right. proves it over and over and over again. And they're averaging like less than like less than twenty points a game for like two and a half seasons going now. Basically, all the points they scored, they scored in like the first eleven weeks that he was the coach. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it, it's just this. You know, they had the one streak last year when Laser took over, where they played bad teams and they averaged thirty points a game. That's it. The right. rest of the time, they don't score. They haven't scored more than twenty-four points in a game this year. You can't win football games in 2021 if you can't score 30 points. You just you're not going to cobble together enough wins to be worth shit. No, all the rules are set up to help offenses to help yeah. offenses. Thrive. It's never been and, easier yeah. to score points in the NFL. Right. Imagine what this offense would look like if it was if it was 19 you know 87. Oh. They'd be, they'd be averaging six points a game. Yeah. Well, I saw this offense. Bob Avellini used to run it. I know exactly what this offense looked like. <laughs> Somebody triggers me every week. Yeah. Tell you, if you ever if ever volunteers to drive me home from a golf outing, I'm not getting in that car. Tell <laughs> so, so they're off to play the, uh, or they're home again. They're home. They're going to play the Niners. Yeah. The Niners who shat all over themselves in a monsoon last night against the uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Despite one of the most hilarious interceptions ever thrown, which <laughs> turns out that on replay was a fumble, so it wasn't quite as bad. But I don't know if you saw the play. Carson Wentz, deep in Forty Nine er territory, uh, is moving up in the pocket, sees a guy, goes to throw it, and just like shot puts a line drive right to Fred Warner of the Knights. <laughs> like it looked like he just handed. Like here, would you like the ball? <laughs> Colts still managed to win that game. Um, Mostly because it turns out Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. He was your guy too. He was. Well, I don't know if he was my guy. I just it. it I saw the plan at the line. He was going to be the next Bear quarterback. Right. Not that I right. thought he was going to be good at it, 
but yeah, but you know, was East Illinois, Chicago suburbs. Mm. You know, right? Vag was going to get one look at him and be like, "Ooh, he's handsome. He's a, han- he's a handsome fella." That's our guy. Yeah. He's bad. Yeah, but and they're probably I... come in here. Didn't the Bears play him and Jimmy's the for his first year with the Niners, and the Niners won by kicking like six field goals. That sounds. I think they some, won like eighteen to fourteen. Familiar. They kicked six yeah. field goals and won. Yeah, I, we're gonna get another one of those. I think. Yeah, I feel you know come out. It's such a weird game with that monsoon. I don't know. I, I don't. Well, they're gonna play a lot before that. Yeah, my feeling play was left. that playing at home in a monsoon with a team that can run the ball. You should be set up pretty well to beat Carson. You should. Wentz. Of course, you should. Jonathan Taylor, not Jonathan Taylor Thomas, just not Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he's pretty good. And so the Colts were also pretty well equipped to play in a monsoon, it turned out. Yeah, they were. Um, Mike Shanahan, or Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan got to be in a little bit of trouble because the Niners are not good again. Mm hmm. I doubt the Niners are going to panic and fire him, but you know, if they did, yeah, that'd be a guy that you could come in and modernize your offense. There you go. So Nagy will probably want to throw the game to protect his job. Now, if we beat the Niners, I could get Kyle fired. If Kyle gets fired, then I could get fired because they're going to give Kyle my job. But if we lose, Kyle keeps his job. I keep mine. See, that's the galaxy brain at work there. And, and he probably does have thoughts along those lines. I think it's the only kind of thoughts he has. It's, yeah. He's a self-preservationist, if he's nothing else. Yes. Uh, let's see. What was the word, that, what was the word they use, uh, used on succession? Was it mer, mer, uh, merit, uh, meritorious? No, it wasn't that. It was James Cromwell said it to Greg. Oh, talking yeah. about About Kendall's speech. Kendall's, Kendall's speech, yeah. Meritrocious. Was it meritrocious? Something like that. Something like that. Word I didn't know. Cousin Greg and I, neither one of us knew what that word meant. No, but we we both, we all pretended we did. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. That's what I thought. Okay, so on December 3rd, 2017, I was was off by one. Uh, The Niners beat the Bears 15 to 14. Ooh. Five Robbie Gold field goals. The quarterback (laughs) was James Garoppolo. Mm Mm-hmm. So I had the football game was on TV too because TV one I was watching Succession and the season premiere of Curb. Yes, great. Um, Both great. I got to tell you one of the one of the greatest late run acquisitions that any franchise has ever made. How do you get to like season eleven and you add Albert Brooks? Pretty good. I mean, holy shit! Yeah. And clearly, not just for one episode. Oh like, no, Albert's hanging around. Like Larry convinced Albert to like. Take over for Super Dave. Yes, it was. <laughs> he's he's well. Like, that's their brother. With it, you know, it's his brother. That's right. It is. He's of course that's Albert Brooks's real name, Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. That's right. Yeah. So clearly they had a relationship because he's Larry's yeah. been best friends with the brother forever. So he knew Albert. Yes. But yeah, it's right. amazing. To just yeah. plump him. You could not pick a more perfect guy to just join that cast. Fantastic. And I didn't I, know it cat- was coming. I don't know why I didn't know it was coming. Other than actually, I because um, the the thing I saw was uh, Larry has to give a eulogy at Albert Brooks's funeral, and I've yeah. laughed thinking, all right, well they haven't killed Super Dave off on the show because Funkhauser is in China, right? 
Although that they should probably bring him back. Poor guy's been trapped with with in Wuhan for I don't know how long. And I thought, <laughs> oh, they're going to kill off the brother to do basically what I assumed we were going to get was like yeah. a funeral episode where they said the things about Albert that were really meant about um, Super Dave. Bob. Right. But no, it was actually a fake funeral because Albert wanted to, like, uh, was it Huck Finn that went to his own funeral? I think it was Huck Finn, yeah. He wanted to do that. He wanted to Huck Finn. Yeah. Uh, that was great. I'm... That was great. The casting session was, the. I, I thought that was, that was <laughs> awesome. And the, the the woman right to Larry, uh, to Larry's left, her name is Allison Allison Jones. She's the real casting director on Kirk, yeah. and uh, and a bunch of others. She's a legendary Hollywood casting director. I have auditioned for her, but that was a nice touch. And that whole casting session yeah, was, was great, phenomenal. And and there was a fake out in there. I should have known it was too obvious. So yeah. in the cast in the room they were casting in, there was the there was the glass door, but then the huge window. Mm-hmm. And what I assume was going to happen was when the girl that he was being blackmailed to hire, that she was going to turn and smash into the window <laughs> and right. knock herself out and somehow get him out of it. Yeah. Like they'd be too busy suing Netflix to sue Larry anymore. Right, right. Uh, but she turned and she got through the door because the payoff yeah. was coming later with somebody else. But I was, yeah. I thought I'd, I'm like, this, usually they're cagier about that. Well, they were. I'm they sure were. that was an intentional. Because at one point they framed that window, like, "Look what we've got here. We've got a <laughs> very well cleaned window." Mm-hmm. But no. Yes, we should. No more spoilers, but uh, yes. Yeah. Everybody true. should watch it. Both shows, Succession and Curb. Terrific. <laughs> we know it's been a, a a great game. Great went on the Bears talk. Let's break podcast. down the HBO Sunday Night lineup instead. <laughs> Far more interesting is the HBO Sunday Night lineup. That was more fun than the shit. We a lot more fun. With a lot more fun. Yeah. A lot more promise in those two those two seasons than the Bears season. Uh, what? So what are we? Uh, what is the spread here? Oh is yeah, I gotta look this up. Thirty-four points. What, what are we? Uh, gonna be low that over under is gonna be low yeah nobody's gonna score i would guess the bears are probably favored but maybe it'll be less than three i'll bet which shows no confidence in the home team mm-hmm. oh no bad they're underdogs niners minus four so mm. they're setting the bears as a because if the rule of thumb, which I think is accepted, is you get three points for being at home, they're basically saying the Niners are a touchdown better than the Bears and are going to beat them yeah. by four points at Soldiers. I wouldn't argue with that, honestly. I wouldn't argue with that at all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so uh, so next week Bears Niners. Uh, I guess if if my uh, scenario works out and the Bears lose both, go into the bye on a four game losing streak. Nagy's. It's gotta be. Otherwise, it, 
Like, he's probably safe. Yeah. They clearly don't want to fire him. They have to be forced. However, somebody pointed out, the week they decided to fire Mark Trestmanel, they didn't do it until the end of the season, was when the Niners were up 42 to nothing on them. And mm-hmm. it was 35 nothing at halftime. There you go. So, I just I don't think they have that kind of patience this time. I don't think they can wait the end of the season. We'll see. Yeah, I'd be happy to see it because there's no reason to have him around. It's 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 it's, it's quite quite counterproductive at this point. You don't want him coaching Justin Fields. You just don't. You just don't. All right. So, so. Niners have Niners in this one for sure for me. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see picking the Bears to win this game. Um, Oh, somebody pointed out, it was Romo, I think, pointed out on the broadcast that for the Bears' defense have been really good against the run, but the last two weeks, the Packers ran for a lot of yards, and the Bucks did. And they're like, got the Niners coming in, they can run it. But I do think there's a difference between trying to stop the run when Aaron Rodgers is the threat to pass and when Tom Brady is the threat to pass as when it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Might make it a little bit easier. I think that's true. I think that's true. So I guess we'll find out in a week. Oh, yes. It'll be another exciting podcast next week. We'll see you then. See you next time. Many of us have herpes. 